Welcome back, everyone, to episode 32 of the Precision Unleaded podcast. Uh, first one for 2022. And uh, today we are back with our normal hosts, uh, myself and Graham. How are you, Graham? I'm good, Mark. Yourself? Not too bad. Um, today's main topic is going to be talking about the Bowers Valley Brawl, which was the long range match we had in December. Um, there's quite a bit to unpack there, but um, first off, we'd probably thought we'd go through a bit of a highlights, lowlights for the last year, just to quickly, and what's been happening uh, in the last couple of weeks or anything of interest over Christmas. Um, so how about you? What have you been up to in the last couple of weeks? I, it's actually strange I haven't been and visited you for a couple of weeks, Mark. It's quite... Um... You've been you've been the local community hero taking kids fishing, and I've been here um, running around with old three hundred three. So, but yeah, just shooting surplus rifles, getting ready for an upcoming comp, which I don't actually think we've talked about. So we'll touch on that at the end, um, and getting back into some twenty two practice for next year's uh, precision competitions, and then also a bit of a extended long range twenty two stuff. Now that there's a significant amount of dust on the on the tracks on the farm and I can actually see where those little wee bullets are going at um, about 400 and something metres so yeah just ticking away and, and, and to be honest we're sort of getting <laughs> heading up there when it's in the evenings um, up to the range when it's um, about 10 degrees cooler um, it's a bit hot in the middle of the day at the moment um, I imagine it's similar for you at the moment up your way yeah very hot and uh, we're pretty much limited to getting up before daybreak getting some stuff done mustering and shifting stock around and then uh the day middle of the day trying to get stuff done in the yards and that sort of thing so yeah and then in the evenings going out and hopefully it's cooled down so yeah it's been climbing up to 30 degrees here most days at our place so uh but we have plenty of rain december so it's fine yeah, yeah. farmers talk yeah no that's the, the worst thing about this time of year. I mean, for me, with with um, shooting and hunting, to some re- some respect, is the long grass. It's the grass is that long and all going to seed. I, I actually take the, I take the lawnmower and the weed eater and I mow big patches where I'm going to lie down, much to the girls' um, disgust when I'm mowing. That's, a, that's some serious dry matter you're getting rid of there, Graham. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, uh, they're locked up for hay and I'm mowing big, like, 10 by 10 squares to set up my cameras and mats and stuff but um you know, yeah what's what's getting yelled at by your wife one more time in the day it's nothing too major no uh, yeah and even for hunting actually well I, well I think about it like where we headed uh we head down to shoot those fellow um about a couple of weeks ago i actually every time i go in this in the summer period i think man i need to take a tripod and it sounds funny but because we're not walking huge k's a lot of the shooting you just can't get a good position due to the grass being so long and you have to either spend a heap of time rolling the grass down or or something so i keep forgetting but next time i'll take a uh a calm fiber tripod or something and just bolt it to my backpack and so instead of trying to scramble for a prone position i can just do a um uh, a sitting uh, shot in the long grass but anyway that's mm. not really the, the point of this one but although you shoot like that all the time anyway so i should be catching on to it yeah but, yeah 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 uh, but anyway anyway so yeah um very hot time of year, um, but still, it's it's kind of nice. Um, it's like I said, it's good for the twenty twos because the winds, especially in the evening, the wind seems to be quite low at the moment, so um, it can be quite fun trying to get a little bit of accuracy out of those um, those rim fires. 
Yeah. So, our new segment, Mark. What has Mark Andrews bought in the last fortnight? <laughs> Gun related. Don't use my last name. Got I'll, to. I'll redact. I'll redact that. I'm pretty good at everything. Yeah, of course. We, we we don't edit anything out. So, <laughs> uh, well, the highlight was today getting my thermal scope back. Miracle of miracles from Lithuania. So, the Pulsar. Mm-hmm. So I was half hoping it would be a new scope, but no. So I turned the scope on and all my old files were there. So I thought, well, no, it's the same scope. Yeah. So. Tonight we shall find out if it still switches off under recoil or they've actually fixed it. At least know. it wasn't someone else's videos on there. Yeah, that's true. Like watch, watching wo- a... watching women in their apartment windows in Lithuania or something. It's a thermal, you can't do that. Oh. I mean, I wouldn't know that. <laughs> okay, so and nothing, you haven't, uh, haven't bought anything else, eh? Yeah, yeah, uh, a oh. 2D3 arrived. A oh, Hammer, yeah. That's right. <laughs> TSPX chassis uh, mini action, so... That's been set up as a training rifle with an element helix scope on it. So, so now I've been getting that going with the 75 grain PPU cheap match ammo. So it seems to like it. I have no problems. So, and uh, just actually, Jeff gave me a new hand uh, pistol grip for it. So I've just changed that over for an MDT one. Did you? St- Factory did, one. Did you? Yes, because those TPSXs do have quite a um, hard plastic. Um, yeah. Yeah. Grip. Did he? Did you go with the ninety degree grip or a conventional soft MDT? I said no. I'd have the one without erectile dysfunction, please. So he assumed that was your the droopy one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I still yeah. haven't still haven't got onto them. Yeah. No. No. I, I doubt you ever will. Well, because uh, <laughs> it's also a rifle that I'd probably lend to people a lot, so I'd rather leave it as. Um, bit more traditional looking i suppose i don't know agreed i'm, agreed. I'm sure i'm sure they'll all be vertical in time but and you know pistol grips i'm assuming mm. so obviously it's being done for a reason yeah look cool <laughs> it doesn't look cool it looks cool as it's like the mullet of pistol no that's getting cool sorry i forgot mullets are back yeah yeah dreadlocks anyway, bad news today graham the new zealand cricket team lost to bangladesh i'm sure you'll be and why do I say this? Because I'm trying to put it in perspective for you because you know nothing about cricket. But I, anyway. I know nothing about cricket. Actually, when, when Mark was in, um, in the Kaimana was, he got me got me to relay the cricket to him. So I had to copy and paste a bunch of information and then I didn't know what I could cut out of it. So I had to, I was emailing it to his inReach, so I had to split it into about six inReach, um, 20 cent messages. <laughs> Just Seriously, so. I got a I got a big bill for my inreach for that month. I yeah, believe it. Yeah, it costs, doesn't it? <laughs> no, it's. I think there's. I thought it was like twenty messages. It must be only ten with your monthly fee or yeah. something. So I end up getting a um, yeah, a very expensive cricket score update. Does it Does it bill you for when I reply? I don't know. Must do I? Because it would have been about twenty messages just between us. Anyway, um, yeah, okay. So so. Uh, New Zealand lost to Bangladesh first time ever. So <laughs> just just hear me out. Ever here. or in New Zealand? Ever. Oh, okay. Home or away yeah. in any format. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess New Zealand's the World Test champions, which is relatively meaningless. They just beat India a while ago. But uh, I guess if well, let's put it in. If Simon was the Australian Test team, you're the New Zealand Test team. 
you know, you punch above your weight occasionally, and and and, and despite all your flaws, deficiencies, are, yeah. are, are, you know, get some wins on the board quite often. Uh, whereas I am the Bangladesh of shooting, sort of, you know, corrupt. <laughs> well, hungry, hungry, uh, hungry, and seldom winning. Yeah, um, occasionally winning against teams that are. Normally, probably, you'd say there's some Indian bookkeepers involved. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, uh, that's just a cricketing analogy transferred into... Precision sport. shooting. Yes. I'm glad we did that. Yeah. Uh, right, so now I guess we were going to talk about um, highlights for the last year. Uh, just a few <clears> things <throat> that popped into your mind. So, um, I thought I'd start off because then I can go on and on forever. Um, I thought, yeah, I was looking at the year itself. We did quite a lot, really, in terms of shoots that I went to. So um, I went to Hautapu for the first time, got fourth in practical there, so it was pretty good for me. Uh, then we had the RTD three-day shoot, and I got fifth in practical there, so which is all right, it's become the story of my year, and then 22 shoots, I got a third, and a third, and a fourth, and a... 20, 29th? Yeah, I call that a did not complete. Is that your mulligan? That's a mulligan. A, a, a DNF, <laughs> did not finish. <laughs> it's a bit like my... Um, and then we had a trip down south to the Boundary Creek, Creek Classic, which is good to meet some South Island shooters and people, and I shot horrendously there and got a 28th, so... That was a probably I'll go there a low light on that one, yep. uh, and then a um, couple of hunter class events with Cinefires. I got fifth, I think, at the pre raw one, and a very unofficial first at our winter shoot. But um, that was only I shot it the day before, and would have <laughs> would have won if it was counted. But it's not counted, so i'll say that's probably not a highlight then because no one counts it no one counts it well we we no. could because we're the match organizers but that'd be a bit unfair yeah. Yeah. anyway that was my first test with the uh npr other highlights sorry i'm going on you're uh right. getting the 50 bmg sorted out that was great that, the, uh, to be fair that was painless apart from like constant recoil mm. just an easy easy to put it was just easy the whole thing was easy i put 12 rounds through it the other day of that new ammo Mm. Any good? Uh, I think it's a lot slower because I didn't have my velocity radar there. So, but it certainly was about one and a half mils lower shooting. So, at, at the one thousand, at the seven hundred, we were right. trying to break your swinger, but we couldn't. <clears throat> what? <laughs> don't, don't shoot that with the fifty. Fuck's sake! Um, what? I thought seven hundred meters away. It can't possibly be broken. It's anyway okay. Um, <laughs> Uh, the probably one issue you'll have is probably velocity, but also uh, quite a low BC on that military bullet. Yeah, it's Greek uh, surplus mm. fifty BMG ammo. So yeah, but anyway, no, after twelve rounds, it wasn't too bad. A bit of a headache for a while. That was about all. So um, yeah, so that was good to get that underway. Oh yeah, a couple of new rifles, a few new scopes to test out. Um, sold a few traded a few in so try to keep my numbers under control yeah under control mm. yeah um yeah so that was that was 2021 don't think anything else happened really um well we went 
I mean, a lot of what you've talked about is the same as me, obviously. So again, we did, we shot a bunch of, we shot all the GPRE events, which is cool. Yeah. Um, one you didn't mention was Desert Jewel, which we did a whole podcast. On. Oh, sorry. Yes, that was a great trip and a very interesting event. And uh, yeah, anyway, it was yeah. a, it set a marker for worst weather. So that's good. Yes, no, I've not. Sh- I doubt we'll shoot anything that bad again, which is cool because I'll mm. be at work in some shithole job, and the weather's crap, and I'm like, well, it wasn't as bad as Desert Jewel, so I can always look on the bright side. Yeah. Um, even when we shot Teams Match, um, which was shit weather, it was still not nearly as bad as Desert Jewel. So it was, it was okay. Um, one thing you, it was just steady rain. Yeah. So we shot the Teams Match, which was really cool. Again, we done a podcast on that. But again, a bit more 22 than we normally do, which is cool. Um, as, as you said, we had four of our own events, which is our biggest year ever. So we had, yeah. the, like you mentioned, the Long Range Challenge at RTD. Um, three days, um, very big. We had COVID in the middle of it, which was fun, but the, we worked that out. Then we had our winter field shoot, which, again, I keep saying needs a new name. If someone comes with a, with a cool name, I will give you a free spot to the event of your choice. The if WF, I like your name. WFS? WFS. Uh, that's actually better. <laughs> um, we had our first 22 match, which was cool. Um, was, yeah, that's a, the TRS Practical 22, which... That's uh, where I, I learned to mag dump. It's great. Yeah, I, I, I actually thought your gun malfunctioned and it ran away on you, but it turns out you were just you had an itchy trigger finger and yeah. sprayed all the ammo down the hill. Um, and that's hopefully going to lead on to a bunch of stuff next year, that 22 match, but that's a, a, a future topic. Uh, and then we finish off with the uh, the Bowers Valley Brawl, um, which is the sort of, I guess, topic we're talking about today. So yeah. um, this match... Uh, but on to you, Graham. But just, you know, you won an event this year, so... I did. I, some, I had a good year. Finishes. I, yeah. I did have a good year. I um, How Tapu, I got the my worst event out of the year at the start. Um, I think it was in 24th place or something. <laughs> Um, rifle solid 24 yeah i got i come in the top 24 mm. um so again rifle just essentially stopped working after i caught it off reliable and then <laughs> and then yeah we went to which as to be fair it really really fucking rocked my um confidence that did it. and then we went and we shot a match actually you didn't come you it was your wife's birthday i believe we went to ashurst shot a match there i did a pretty horrendous first half today did okay in the second half, but still not a good result. And then um, by the time we got to RTD Long Range Challenge, I ended up third, third practical class, uh, which is pretty cool. Actually, actually getting to shoot one of um, the, the, the events is, was cool. We ran two days, so Simon took over being match director for the, the second day. Um, gave me a chance to compete, which was actually quite a blast. Having watched everyone shoot that event a bunch of times, it was yeah good to do it myself. Uh, went to field shoot. We test shot it, as you said. Um, but still, that was a, a very cool event, so I didn't didn't place there. What else did we... Oh, we, like you said, we went to Boundary Creek. I think I ended up sixth, which ain't too bad. Um, got second at the Bulls PRS, uh, Zeiss PRS match. Well, it was great to see Jeff win that one. It was good. Oh, yeah, very good. So Jeff and I squatted up together and, um, yeah. and, and were pretty... I think he's only a couple hits ahead of me by the end of the, the day, so he shot well. Um, yeah. Yeah, we we didn't try be, and steal it. Don't try and steal a Sunday. <laughs> to be fair, we didn't think we were shooting that well. It just turns everyone else turns out everyone else was shooting worse. 
Um, I had an illegitimate third at the um, Central North Island Gun Club um, 22 PRS match. Um, <laughs> disputed, illegitimate, what are you going to call it? But I've oh, still got right. the medal. I was, I was third there, wasn't I? You, you, got, you got a third there too, and so did Scotty. Um, what else have we done? Yeah, got. Th- oh, we had a the. I got six to the twenty-two and took a row. So it's for the most part been pretty good results and um, being being bested by um, good shooters is, is never a thing to be upset about, you know. So it was to be fair, good year, and then we finished up with the twenty-two match. Um, Simon's one, which we talked about a couple of podcasts ago, the speed versus precision, and I finally took a win at the GPRE event, which has been uh, a goal of mine for a long, long time. Um, I am again uh, teams match. We ended up fifth in the teams match, but um, yeah, not a bad year overall. Um, I think a couple of yeah, missed opportunities just due to bad admin, which is sort of an ongoing thing for me. But yeah, it's good. Shooting was good. I'm I'm happy with where my shooting is at and is going. Um, and I'm just sort of trying to iron out a bunch of um, stupid shit that um, that drops you sort of a point here and a point there on stages. And um, it's that tight up up the top now. You can't afford to essentially have a bad stage, let alone zero one. So yeah, but a good yeah. but good results wise, a good year for um, you know sort of uh, field competitive field shooting and stuff um for both of us you had a couple um average ones so did i and then the rest were pretty good so um i think the standard of shooting in in, in our sport is, is lifting across uh, i can't really speak for down south much but across the north island um guys are getting better and it's not yeah it's you can't fuck around and not practice and um not going with a game plan now if you want to sort of get on the that top three so it's good yeah it's good fun it's it's <laughs> yeah it's hard um but anyway so bowers valley this um this event come across so some new tracks opened up on on, on your property <laughs> making getting a bunch of targets out into some sort of really hard locations uh, rather simple ish um so December, the first week in December was clear for an event in North Island, so we sort of pushed forward and, and um, designed a course of fire. So uh, Bowers Valley, for those who are a bit confused about the name, it's, it's just a big, um, what about the valley, it'd be about 2k long? Yeah, at the back of the farm, yeah. Back, back of property. And um, it's it's quite it's quite a steep, quite a few, lot of elevation change, and it's a big gully, right, if, if you may notice from some of yeah, the photos. it's one and a half k's across, top to top. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and so it's, it gave us plenty of scope for an extended long-range match. Now, we were very limited on uh, medium-range stuff, <clears throat> would be the one sort of handicap of it. Um, so we, we had a way around that. With um, two, There's actually two stages that weren't in Bowers Valley. Seven and eight, yeah. Stages seven and eight. So they were our short-range stages for the comp, and they were about 700 metres, funnily enough. But, um, 685 and 715. It would have been cool if we could have had targets from, say, 400 to 1400, but it just didn't really work. <laughs> to make people feel better. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, that's a, that's an actually actually something <laughs> um, that's yeah. probably needed. But um, So again, this event was uh, what we'd call a harder event, uh, probably the hardest event we've done, um, skill level-wise, for, for competitors. Uh, a lot of guys are, are confident in their wind, ready, <clears throat> wind reading abilities and that um, really quickly got thrown out the door 
at this event. So like Mark said, it's it's K and a half across this, this gully. And I'm trying to think, uh, what would the elevation change be? Uh, top to bottom would be 250 metres. Yeah, so it's, it's, it, you're shooting quite a bit of reasonably steep downhills. And, and then even if your shot's rather horizontal at, say, 1,300 metres, there's still so much wind and shit to contend with and some of the shots are sort of down little guts so there's very little wind and then there's it's you've really got to pay attention to the terrain what the trees are doing um but then there's a, this massive space of dead air that goes you know right across and then you're sending bullets through too so you've got to really uh, control your recall and try and um hopefully watch your fall of shot or um if you're lucky pick up some trace so as we mentioned, um, the closest start targets were 700 metres or 690 or something. And then the furthest was, I think it was 1380 or something. Um, yeah. 1380 metres. <clears throat> so it had a, you, what we did is we had um, a magnum and a non-magnum class <laughs> because we didn't want to um, give an unfair advantage to the magnums over the non-magnums, which turned out to be rather naive at this one of us so um it was about roughly half and half in each class which was good uh no what was no no it was 10 there was 10 magnums and 16 non-magnums oh sorry there you go so and that's half that's half and half i'm not going to give us for a piece of cake from you this, that never, that's probably why i got a win this year i, I don't count properly <laughs> uh, anyway so um the idea was to split them up. So say you're shooting a six mil, you're not competing against a three three lip of a magnum. So what we seen by the end of the day, it didn't actually matter. How um, wrong we were. How wrong we were. So <laughs> the day we had reasonable wins, nothing too serious. Um, so, actually, so I test shot the event on the Friday afternoon rather quickly and actually killed my six millimeter. I, it was its last, um, <laughs> the last time that barrel went for a, Went for a play, so that thing's, um, you know, what was it, 70 rounds and like less than an hour or 40 minutes or something because I ran through all the stages. So that was the sort of death note on my 6 mil, which was fine because it was up there anyway. You had better wind that night and it was evening. so I didn't have good wind. Well, it was better than the next day. Do you know, okay, here we go. One stage, I had wind where I was at the shoot position and the wind was 108, uh, sorry, one hundred and eighty degrees different at the target. Mm, mm, yeah, yep, so yep. not not mm. not simple wins, but anyway, <laughs> anyway. No, no, but slightly better conditions. I'd say marginally, if anything. But yeah, oh, you're, you're just saying this because your score was horrendous. If it was me, you'd be reversing that on me. So anyway. no, I'm gonna try and make you feel good because you're the landowner. Oh, yeah, I'd say no, no, you shot real well, Mark. No, but anyway, so we um. I just shot the six mil. <laughs> Way worse than I thought. Then all your <laughs> yeah. positive comments have been for nothing. Um, I shot the six mil. It wasn't. It was still pretty hard. It was a couple stages. We um, could probably do a bit better job getting some of the grass away from around the targets. But um, oh, you mean stage two where seventeen people zeroed the stage? I didn't zero it with my six mil. Yeah, we're not talking about you. <laughs> Um, it's yeah, other, it's, yeah. About, it's about other people's experiences, Graham. So okay, so there's actually a trip to that stage. There was actually a nice big like papa face right next to it. Well, seventeen people didn't see that. Yeah, if, if you, if, it's like a meter away, so it's like you just launch a bullet 
one mil up and one mil to the right and you'll hit a papa face but anyway um inside the cone of fire so yeah again um being that like, i think the average target distance was about a thousand meters it did make some of it harder for um a bunch of the competitors and what we've seen with magnums was i think uh so so the first seven top shooters if we combine the classes were non-magnum shooters um so that's obviously a reasonable no first eight first eight so it's not what we expected when it come to um results right we, we expected the magnums to be significantly ahead so on a combined result a magnum would have got ninth yeah so so i think there's a few things to this so again the distances definitely favored the magnums the wind favored the magnums uh, majority of the positions favored the magnums being majority prone um i i think we've talked about it in length between us but i think it's biggest one's recoil management so guys are getting a little bit sloppy on their standard competition guns their sixes and their six fives and you can get away with a lot more on a lower recoiling platform when they're stepping up to the magnums which uh, they all assure me can um, hammer targets at a mile which i'm sure they can but um, when it comes to a uh, sort of higher stress uh, timed competition type thing um, they're missing so I, I think recall management was a big issue with a lot of the shooters not being able to watch the fall of their shot and, and those kinds of things so and then also um yeah recall management and, and just stuff like that and, and and not also probably not reloading quick enough so if they did see a shot fall by the time they rechambered around there was um essentially uh, the wind had changed or turned or something and so you're not um getting that round down range as quick so so i put a lot of it down to guys not being as practiced with their magnums because i mean your comp gun it's quite normal if you shoot several comps a year you're, you're putting 500 up to a thousand rounds through your rifle a year some guys but on your 338 or your um rim mag or whatever you, know, you might only lucky if you do 50 to 100 if, if that so i think it's guys being out of practice with their magnums is probably the biggest thing i took away from it maybe not out of practice not practiced enough um and just maybe there needs just watching a few guys i think there just needs to be a little bit more concentration on um managing that recoil um yeah i, I think this so actually we could probably talk about it as well the, the um why we're playing around with the six five PRCs later on, but that's that whole um, where's too much recall maybe. So, what do you reckon about the magnums, Mark? Uh, I my main thing was that <clears throat> I thought um, essentially you're starting at seven hundred meters, and all your little whatever deficiencies get magnified. So you you go to an event like Tarada which finishes at about 700 and probably less right in terms of range so I just think given the variable weather the rifles I do agree people aren't as practiced on magnums due to A the cost of ammo and B you know that type of stuff and just the fact they don't get used that often in competitions uh, that being said there's plenty of non-magnums that scored consistently as low as some of the worst magnums so if i take that 
I think, yeah, any little error was just magnified, and a lot of the shots were a thousand meters off further. So, so it's, it was hard. Full stop. And I think people, I picked up from the long range challenge in February that a lot of people turned up thinking they were just going to smash it at a K, no problem. I can five shots, yep, piece of cake. And yet most people battled, really battled on that 300 mil plate at a K. Example, you know, and that weather was pretty good in the evening. So, I, yeah, I just think you're, you're going to be up against lower scores in a, a competition where the range is that far and in a lot of the positions are prone, but in a sort of compromised prone position, I suppose. Well, is that a way of saying it? I don't know. Um, yeah, not an ideal. I mean, plenty of them were in pretty stable positions, so no drama, but yeah. That's my initial thoughts, anyway. Uh, certainly, if people knew how badly everyone was going, it may have helped. Because <laughs> <laughs> people were wandering around going, man, shaking their heads going, wow, I haven't shot this bad for a while. But then they probably didn't realise till the end. Like, I don't think I'd have, you know, for the Magnums anyway, which are all, I don't think my score would be anywhere. But it was okay. I got fourth out of whatever, ten. So, but it's pretty abysmal fourth. Um, so yeah, and, and if I walked into the end, I would have said I'd be like close to last out of those rifles, sort of thing. Um, I think people with non magnums have got a lot better dope, I suppose, because they've shot them a lot more and they've got all the little kinks ironed out. So, like, once again, going back to that theme of a lot more time behind them, so I think they had a better shot at excuse the pun, of um, once they got onto a long target, being able to consistently do that. Uh, I definitely know my gun wasn't shooting quite where it should be, so, and I didn't bother fixing it, which I should have, so, you know, the day before, or the two days before. So I was always doing a slight compensation at long range, yeah, which I shouldn't have had to do. Anyway, thoughts on my thoughts? No, they're good. It's, I, I think there's a couple of stages, um, or namely one through, uh, sorry, um, one to three. We could um, improve. Um, maybe you know, go in there a month in the lead up, weed eat it down to nothing, and spray it out and turn the grass just you know a couple of meters around it, um, turn it to sort of um, dirt essentially, just to say give guys a little bit of a a bit more of a clue on splash. Um, I, I guess to be fair, when I shot it with a six, I got lucky and just happened to see some of my um, bullets exploding in the ground because the grass wasn't long, but it's it's still it's grass that's say yeah three four inches long at like 1200, 1400 meters. You're like okay, that's fucking hard to see a little six or even a three three eight. And, and I guess bullet construction has something to do with that too. On it's 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 kind of on top of it, but in my six five Creedmoor, I run a one thirty Sierra Match King, which is like an open tip match bullet. Um, it at the teams match, it, it made very little splash in the wet dirt, like next to nothing. But my uh, shooting partner, she was running one forty ELDMs from Hornaday, and those things, as soon as they hit the ground, they just blow to bits, and you got a splash of dirt and shit and water everywhere. And it was the same when I test shot Bowers. 
shooting the little 108 grain ELDMs, so some you know very similar construction as the 140s. Um, I've seen quite a bit of splash from them. Again, not perfect at, at those grassy um, backstops, but I was still getting something to go off. And if your projectile is like a, which I find quite bad for it, Lapua Sinars don't offer up a lot of um, splash, especially in um, vegetated, so like vegetated topsoil, so grass, um, stuff like that. <clears throat> so I guess if we had made that um, area around a little bit more suited, um, that I imagine we would have um, got rid of a lot of zeros, to be fair. Yeah, drier conditions would have helped because I just we've had ten days of hot dry weather here, and I just shot um, the seven forty meter target out from the hut mm-hmm. with my with a PRC, and my misses there. Even though it's all grassed up, I could see where it was going because there was big dust clouds. Yeah, I was over so at that target the, the other day, helps. and it's yeah, there's grass mm-hmm. hanging over that little bank everywhere. But like you say, because there's so much dust, it's just um, it's just easy. Yeah, so I, when, we're, when we're when we were shooting at your swinger with the fifty cal the other day, sorry. Um, we could see big, big craters as it hit the ground around it. So, you know, God, 700, I, 750 I, grain bullet. I bet you've bent that bloody swinger. <laughs> no, we, we couldn't hit it. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Simon's going to listen to this. He'll be shaking his head because he gave me that. <laughs> no, we deliberately decided not to hit it, so we missed. <laughs> deliberately missed. <laughs> um, so I think because this... We intend to run this event again at, at probably but, in a year, so yeah. I guess we'll um, a month out we'll just go and um, with your blessing, Mark, kill the grass around those yeah. targets. Again, it's, again, this is a pretty scrubby year at the farm. This isn't like we're shooting into a hay so, dirt. Yeah, if you want to up the percentages, I think then uh, target size is a thing we need to address too. So, a lot of those targets we we're using were. We're okay at seven hundred or six, you know, five to six or seven hundred sort of thing. So some of them could have afforded to be bigger, and the swinger is clear. I mean, the swinger is a swinger; it's what it is. You can't really. We don't have a bigger one, but at seven hundred meters or seven hundred and fifteen meters, that thing um, is still quite a small target, top and bottom. I mean, people hit it pretty well. We had about an average of thirty percent score on that stage. So mm, only six didn't ever get a hit on it. So people did get onto it. And once again, because it was in a a dirt face, you could see where you were going most of the time. But, yeah. The, the, you, the average score, though, was only 11% of total for that. Yeah, I know. I that's know. <laughs> to be, but like, that's funny thing, because I, I, I thought, okay, stages <clears throat> seven and eight are really good ones to like warm up on, right? And I thought, and I thought, I thought, shit, these are easy. And then, and then Carl shot them, and I said, oh, how'd you get on, Carl? And because he she started on stage seven, a good friend of ours, Carl. I thought this will warm him up, right? He's got a big advantage. Oh, I zeroed stage seven, which was a learn, learn your limits rack at um, seven hundred meters. Uh, no bipod, but yet the bank was a nice little um, had a little this little lip on it, so you didn't need a bipod anyway. You run just a rear bag and just sit your rifle on the bank. I didn't even put it on a bag on the bank. And I thought, this is easy. First plate's 500 millimeter square, right? And a bunch of good guys zeroed it. I'm just, and, and they're saying to me, oh, fuck, man, there was half a mil of wind. And I was like, well, what do you expect? Three people zeroed it. Three yeah, people zeroed it. What do you expect? It's at 500 meters, you know? So it's... um. I can, na- I can name them all if you want. No, I already know two of them are. <laughs> Oh, actually, I'm friends with all of them. 
come on guys jesus <laughs> it's like it, so so having a stage that's uh interspersed because if you if you started on those short stages that probably was an advantage for the day or who knows um it would be good because they were the two short shortish stages were at the end um but then yeah i i guess you look at where people maxed out and look at the the young guy nicholas in my squad um he did very well for the day shot really well and he was a i think a six mil so he's he's Anthony Colley's apprentice. Yeah, yeah. So Anthony was saying that they'd yeah. spent a lot of time validating in that rifle just really well going, which is something I yeah. don't do. So I need to do as actual proper prep prep <laughs> prep yeah. rifle going. Oh yeah, that seems all right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he, he he maxed out two stages. The only guy on the day to 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 top out two stages. That was pretty impressive. So and got pretty close to. Maxing out another stage. Yeah. yeah, to be fair, that is stage three that killed him for the um, going for the win. To be fair, uh, I'm stage five as well, but uh, I'm stage. Yeah, okay. Simon's pretty <laughs> and, good. And stage eight. I'm just looking at Simon, <laughs> Simon's scores. So Simon, Simon Gillis, you hear all the time we talk about Simon. He took the win um, in. Uh, well, I mean, technically the overall. Not that we did an overall, but he took the win in the um, the uh, non magnum class. What do you want to call it? We, I'm so bad at naming things. Um, and then Carl took the win. Our good friend Carl took the win in Magnum, which is also we had to congratulate Carl. It was Carl's first win. Yeah. So congratulations to Carl. He's actually a big help in the background with all of our stuff. Um, fucking digging holes and dragging targets around and stuff like that. So um, congratulations. It was a, to it was a good day for the RPRs and the Magnums. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, you got two in the top five. First and a fourth. First and a fourth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I'm just just looking for for lowlights, <laughs> highlights in the light, in, in the, the big sheet of lowlights here. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Um. So so Simon basically didn't get less than ten on any stage. So yeah, double digits or more or better scores on every stage, and uh, it didn't zero anything. Nope. So I think that was the key. So even the uh, second, third, and fourth all had um. At least one zero fourth had a couple, which uh, leads me to my next thing, which is at a extended range event spotting is absolutely crucial. I think and, having guys speaking the same language too. Um, yeah. So obviously, most guys now run mills. There is a few competitors who don't, and it cause, causes so many issues because everyone else in your squad's running mills. Um, for this, if you want to compete in these events, I'm not saying don't come, but a mill first focal plane scope is a huge help in knowing how to use it. And then also checking the fact that everybody runs their measurements for corrections off the center of target because guys will go, oh, one mill, and they'll be measuring from the edge of target, whereas the shooter should be hopefully measuring from the center yeah. of target. And so you, you end up speaking two different um, languages kind of. So... Um, but yeah, good a spotting scope with a reticle is a massive advantage. Otherwise, yeah. you're trying to reference off like trees and rocks and shit, and it's kind of like, what tree are you talking about? You know, so in the grass there, in the grass, and and, and you're also looking at targets so far away. So something with good glass clarity. The yeah. bush, the bush is. It, what's your one? I keep breaking the bush now. Yeah. 
Um, they're, they're a good option. I think they're like a thousand bucks. They've got a milling reticle. It's got half mil and one mil increments in it. Wind and, it's quite compact. Yeah. Yep, straight it's, through. One. It's got a heap of rails on the side for some stupid reason. Um, I don't know why, but it, it's cool. It's got a red dot on it. You could bolt a you could bolt it to a rifle. No, they put actual scopes on them so you can use it to line up on the target before you look through the. Oh, yeah. Do you know what the trick for that is? Just keep it on low power. Anyway. <laughs> But whatever. Um, I was actually to be. I've actually. Um, I went and bought a 150 kilo breaking strength two part arrow like glue to fix that thing. Because you know, I, I broke it, I snapped the. Uh, the you're rail, the one but, who breaks it, Graham, not me. So. Yeah, so that's why I got to buy the glue. Um, so yeah. Anyway. Um, but yeah. So having a good spotting scope. And now I'm not saying everyone buys a spotting scope, but um, no, no, no. It's handy. The, spot, the spotter, the person. So I watch these videos of this overseas guy who I don't really like him, but anyway. And the uh, first thing I picked up was the guy who does his spotting at these events that he, the top events he does, mm-hmm. is the same guy, and you can see that he is so crucial to his um, performance. I'd say he's more important than a lot of the other stuff he does. You know, the, yeah. So I just, that hollowed to me how important or helpful it is to have someone who can spot well. Put it that way. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. That's. Um especially in challenging conditions like we had so like like i mentioned going forward with this event um a couple of the targets may grow slightly not a lot i'm not too generous it's still gonna be hard um but i think that some of the backstops will improve a little bit um they won't be full dirt cutaways but they'll be um just fucking just yeah hopefully just topsoil or clay or something um, that, I imagine that would make life a lot easier. But then again, if you're at a 1.2 kilometres and you're not paying attention to wind, you will get pushed out of the um, the dirt um, splash zone anyway. So um, yeah, pay attention in, the, in these longer range events. Especially this, I'm not sure if there's many events in New Zealand that shoot over a large um, gully like that. So it can be quite a challenge. Um, I guess the... The one thing I'd like to do, it's, it's pretty much near impossible, but like I said, is, is, is put a few closer targets in. Um, I've got a plan for that. Sweet. <laughs> but um, to bush bash and hang it from a tree or something? No, no. I think if we if you push the start back, there's a, a track that bypasses the hut now, mm-hmm. and you could have stage one um, shooting across in the same direction, but yep. you're going across the table end. Yeah. And then... Um, you wouldn't probably have to go as far the other way, but either way, it's only going to be two or three hundred meters further. You could cut out stage two, which no yeah. one no one liked. No, and um, and, and start one, and then you've got a stage at each end that's shorter. So yeah, yeah. type of thing. And then we could have uh, like yeah, so stage yes, I'd say stage two was the least popular and the hardest. Average score is yeah, I think six six percent. Average score is six percent. Um, for non mag and uh, uh, for magnum and nine for yeah flipping nine for non mag, shoo and that was at a thousand. Might just have a sign saying fire ten rounds over there <laughs> and record zero and walk on. So I mean, shit, like yeah. So it's possible twenty four points and the highest score was twelve. Now let's. That was an average difference of one oh seven one, and I think the. The Magnums had a slightly bigger further target and the non-Magnums had a... No, you're thinking of stage four. Oh, is that four? That's four. 
So yeah. two's the one where you shot. Um, it's probably the targets that were furthest to the right, and under the cliffs where we look for pigs. No, on top of the terraces. Two, because one was off that um, manuka. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that shot onto that, the finger. That was the that was the furthest. No, it wasn't. No, maybe it was. It's two shot back to the cliffs. Oh, anyway. Yeah, but anyway, it was the it was the hardest shot of the day. We're talking, and, and unless you were there, you can't even. Imagine it, so <laughs> so it was, again, like I said, it was, what it was, it was a five hundred millimeter square and a three hundred millimeter square, and it was it was a uh, there's significantly more points available for the small one. So if you could watch where your bullets were landing. Um, you could say you were pretty central on the larger plate. You could then um, shoot the small plate, with the idea being, you know, that it was worth more points if you wanted to. Yeah. And I'm looking at the score. It was not as if there was many hits making the plate um, all hard to read where your shots went. It was, but it was just if you you were smart, you took the, the easy points on that one. Um, so probably a bit hard. Uh, or or yeah. you could, but like you say, we could we could scrap stage two and. Um, Major, make stage one, stage two, or something. But yeah, so we're looking at making it maybe slightly easier. Um, I'll just balance out the ranges a bit. Yeah, yeah I'd like, I'd like to. Yeah, I don't know. I'd like to maybe bush bash down the off one of those ridges and put something at four hundred. Send the helicopter in there or something. Just hover the drone with yeah. the target. We're, if we can, if we tie all our drones together, we probably support a yeah. three hundred mil plate. But yeah, I mean, to be fair, the people seem to enjoy it. At least we did have a couple new or newer shooters come along. Very much so. Uh, we had a chap in our squad who's uh, had a. I take my hat off to him. He persevered all day, and he actually only he got hits on every stage apart from two. Um, didn't get many, but he um, yeah, I liked his attitude. But it was his first sort of uh, one of these events he'd been to, um, and I. I for, <laughs> On our very first stage, he was shooting the wrong targets, so that was Ooh, a great start for him. Yeah. Um, but we actually was there; we'd just started, and uh, we let him do a reshoot because we said to the other squad, "You've noticed a few misses that you can't understand over there." Like, yeah, there's. Oh, he was this. shooting at another squad's targets, another mm. stage. Oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> I mean they went far apart. I mean, like, yeah. But uh, the way he was lying. He, when he looked at it clearly, oh, you are pointing slightly the wrong way there. Anyway, pay attention. But no, uh, they, they were getting these splashes around targets going, what's going on there? Because it wasn't lining up with any sound was coming from their stage. So, so Actually, well, the thing about it, how did you go on stage seven, Mark? Where's your score? Ten. Ten points. So you got the so first three? It, was that three? No, nah, that'd be two. Two. Oh, hold on. Well, max score is 25, so it must be five points per hit. Yeah, so two. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah, so I got through two and that was it. Yep. What happened there? Uh, oh, God. Yeah. Apart from missing the target. Dig back through the memory banks. So, it was uh, like I said, it was a 500 um, square, a 400 square, 300 square. I, I can't be sure. I'm pretty sure it took me about four to get on. Oh. Unfortunately, on the big one, and then I reckon I think I may have only had two shots, maybe for the third target. By the time that had all panned out, so once I got on the big one, I was okay. Yeah, but I was too too many rounds to get there. 
Yeah, see, I, I shot that with what turned out, because I paid attention to this, to be pretty much the exact same wind as, as the next day. And I, I, no, I didn't, I didn't pay attention to it. But it was, I put on 0.3 shot, and I was 0.2 um, uh, off-center. So then I clicked on a couple more, and then I just shot it through. I dropped one shot and the fourth target, and then proceeded to hit the fourth and fifth target. But it's... um. But again, no, no, no pressure. I know where you're focusing on the stage ground because you, you cleared it and no one else did. So I, I did, didn't I? I didn't even think of that. I did that. Uh, <laughs> of course you did. No, so there, what was, there was one. There was one hit on the last target, and that was yours from the day before. And then uh, my good friend Stephen came up the next day, two days later, and he cleared it with his um, 308 RPR. Oh, yes. Yeah. Our, un- our unofficial sponsor, Stephen. Mm. He's very yes. he's very helpful in the background as well. He actually yeah. and he RO'd for us um, mm. all day, so, and he did a good job, and he, he did a really good job. So um, yeah, I appreciate that a lot. Actually, it's um, when you've got people you can just sort of leave alone. Yeah, um, it makes life easy um, keeping these things going, especially like because he was up on the top of well, um, up on top of the sort of hill, tourist hill, tourist, tourist hill. hill. Yeah, and so I it was trying to rename it. <laughs> it was it's an area where you have to keep um, an eye on competitors, make sure they're not wandering off the track, etc. And um, but it's off the bluff. Yeah, well, I mean it's a steep area, right? So, and it's also an area that ideally I don't want to have to climb every ten minutes. Um, so yeah, it was awesome. He um, he took care of that for us. And, and while I'm thanking people, apart from you, of course, Mark and Simon, and all the other volunteers, but Wes also um, he was. But, his new rifle hadn't turned up, so our good friend Wes, he um, spent the day ROing on the, the far side of the range. Seven and eight, yeah. Yeah, and um, so, you know, again, it's um, when you've got guys who you can just leave alone and they know what's expected, uh, it's, it makes um, life easy. It's, it's actually taken sort of quite a few years to get together enough, or well, we never have enough, but enough sort of um, volunteers and helpers to actually... Um, just to make these things run smoothly, you know, we used to, um, so, so what we'll try and do now is have like a, a, a um, an RO in each squad. And then if we've got particular stages with certain complexities or they're like time sensitive, we'll, we'll have an extra stage specific RO <clears throat> there. And, but again, I occasionally have to trial guys, um, you know, Hey, I'm going to trial you as a squad RO. Da 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 da. There's actually, believe it or not, official training coming for this down the line. Um, but it doesn't work out right. They do a fucking shit house job, or they just they are they are not overly concerned about doing that. They just want to shoot their match, which is fine. Um, but yeah, so the guys that the team we've built over the last four or five years, it's um, <clears throat> it's good, and, and, and they're also there hauling steel around a lot of guys um, in the days prior, the weekends prior. Um, and and doing all sorts of shit like that. So without them, these events wouldn't happen. Is probably what I'm getting at. Mm. So now, anyway, so what? what watching this event, um, racing around squads and just doing normal uh, match director stuff. <clears throat> we didn't have too many issues with. We had a few guys who were a bit slow, shit like that, and you have to sort of tell them to fucking get a move on, and sort of they want to hang around. Were they, and watch. Were they physically or mentally slow? <laughs> physically slow oh, but, but you know you sort of one of the main things is just keeping them moving um uh, they sort of lag behind their squad or they're off talking to mates when they should be moving along and I, we want to keep it social to a certain extent but we still got to keep things moving 
because a lot of guys got a long drive home and and it's a long day. So, but other than that, we had a few sort of minor minor things like that, a couple minor uh, rifle handling things, as in which is just muzzle awareness, which we're pretty heavy on um, for good, you know, good reason. Some guy with a quad bike and a trailer. Yeah, the the landowner driving around his quad bike instead of walking. Um, <laughs> So actually, I'm just looking at your score, and you've been bumped back to last. Funnily enough, no, um, yes. Uh, so that's just the landowner's privilege, I guess some would call it. That's all right. I know where I was unofficially. <laughs> you were first, but I bumped you back to fourth. <laughs> no, um, yeah, but again, I think it, it, it was a pretty successful event. It was hard. Um, I mean, I mean, top score was still over sixty percent, but. Uh, yeah, no, I, I'd, I'd just send out some directives or tips or basically to people next time. Get better at shooting? Uh, no, just on preparation or whatever sort of thing. So. I, I think this, like we I've, mentioned... I've, I've actually started, now that I've got heaps of 2 d 3 ammo, and I've started doing a lot more practice just with dialing wind and stuff, which is something I don't do a lot of. So, And it's it's helping. Because, you, know, you know, you can get on at the 600 or 500 target with a 2d3 and then the wind changes slightly and pushes you off and you've got to readjust so it's good to do that so mm-hmm. yeah with a, with a light yeah you know, gun that gets pushed around by the wind a lot more so yeah actually yeah. Uh, what we should do we'll actually uh and within the next month or two we'll do a um a podcast about sort of uh low cost i'm doing that in air quotes low cost training in this era of sort of hard to get projectiles and ammo and stuff so you know 2d3 yeah. and, and 22 and stuff but we'll we will go over that because both of you and I have been doing a lot of it this last year. Um, yeah, I think again we'll make we'll probably make it slightly easier, just a little bit, not a lot. It's not going to be a walk in the park. It never should be. But um, like you said, there's one target that was a 300 mil at 800 meters, and it was quite a grassy area behind it. That could maybe be a 400. I mean, there was a couple of 400s at the 1000 down in the on in the right in the dead bottom of the gully. I think they were adequately sized. Um, not everyone did. Um, they definitely weren't that hard to hit, but because you got plenty of dirt around um, down there. Yeah, but you, you think of the three hundred at a k um, when you're on flat ground, pointing straight at it, you know, with all the versus being downhill off that bank at nine hundred or whatever it was at a four hundred, it's going to be less stable again. So no, you make a good point, and yeah. I, I guess this is the hard thing too. You've got to sort of build a match, not just for the top ten guys. You've exactly. got to you've this got to build it for the middle. So trying to sorry. <laughs> so okay, okay. All right, I'll um... either that or I'll get all the top guys and claim that I have COVID and they're all close contacts before the match and they have to quarantine. There so that would fix it. So the top score for the day will be like twenty percent. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, no, we'll, we'll look into it. I mean, I imagine um, Simon's got a lot of good ideas around it to being the sort of guru. Um, yeah. But but it will be back. Uh, end of next year we'll leave it for a year um we've got enough other shit to do uh in the first um three quarters of this year that's for sure but i think again i think it was a successful match i i would have liked to have competed in it maybe i will one day maybe you can match direct next year so what are your thoughts on the the entries right so we had 10 magnums and 16 non-mags for for an event that was out of the gate stated as being a, a magnum specific or you know built for or whatever four magnum calibers blah 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 we still end up with um what 60 70 percent so we were meant to be at, we were meant to be at 48 shooters most of the ones were in auckland 
um, or, above, oh, yeah. or above Auckland. Um, we've got yeah, uh, several yeah, of the yeah. Magnum guys we know from up there. Um, oh, true. And stuff yes. like that. So we would have probably, there would have half been... Half yeah. Uh, around about. So my, my initial uh, amount of um, entries was in that range. Um, so the Auckland guys were just crossing their fingers that um, they were going to get let out, and they ended up getting let out a couple of days afterwards from their um, imposed jail sentence in Auckland to um, uh, you know make the country safe and so that that's probably I imagine if you had some of those guys Magnum would have been significantly higher as well a couple guys who are regular Magnum shooters well I guess the end of the day heavy low recoiling rifles probably are where things are going and have been going so yeah keep building magnums but don't hold your hopes so what you we should make your um extremely heavy rpr even heavier (laughs) no it's not gonna help i wonder i think so what what i so you and i are heading down to the mountain challenge in march yeah um, and then we've got um desert jewel teams match so these are both teams events in may so we started talking about the idea of um and we'll actually probably do a whole other podcast on this but i'm playing with sort of Okay, these non-magnums are shooting really well, right? Easy to manage the recoil. Um, we've got modern sort of high-performance six-five um, bullets that they're seeing a bit of splash at distance. So what what we've done is we've we've both got our hands on six-point-five PRCs, and we're doing a bunch of testing, seeing if it's sort of valid to <clears throat> first of all a lot lower recoil. Um, again, it's a pretty high-performance round for for what it is, and so cutting that um that that middle ground between say six five creed more and the say three three lapur or three on wind mag or whatever and running that um sort of the baby magnum the the six five prc so i've got my hands on a sour field shoot um six five prc and you got a ruger rpr, RPR gen three yeah which gen we three. should have should have mentioned in what's mark bought lately we may have last time actually <laughs> i forgot F. i think we might have anyway yeah but it's 26 inch barrel it's quite uh, it's not as it's a third lighter than my um, three three eight, so it's considerably lighter. But still, recoil wise, it's it's pretty damn good. Not a lot, not you know, it's it's um a lot milder than you'd think. So, so it's good. So the one thing with running the sour, I would like a touch more weight on it, just a touch. So I'm I'll probably just bolt an arc rail or something on it and. Um, Maybe, oh, it'll fall off and a well it's happened before um but and a, and a heavy bipod or something um, it'll fall off too it probably will no i've actually made sure it won't <laughs> but um oh, is that, that that glue you've got is just in general just i just been everything. gluing everything to everything it's called it's called bedding mark oh yeah. um yeah. but yeah so again all going well when it comes to the mountain challenge we'll be running Six five power C's. We've got ourselves a reasonable supply of one hundred and forty seven grain ELDMs. So again, a, a good high BC bullet, and we're hoping something that'll give us a bit of splash. Uh, we're just going to get more, but hopefully a bit more powder in this next powder shipment, and uh, ideally a few more brass cases would be nice too. Just to I mean, we don't have to be so heavy on. If we lose one, it's a bit shit at the moment because they're hard to get. So um, we'll talk more about the power C's, but. A lot of yeah. in the future, but a lot of that is sort of stemmed from what we're seeing at Bowers and then also our experience at um, the Desert Jewel trial match back in May. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm, yeah, the, the 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 Magnum and Magnum split was at the. It was quite a shock, to be fair. 
Um, but again, a lot of the guys who um, shoot really well in the normal comps um, were there shooting their normal match guns, so they're, they're already excellent shooters. Um, mm. And then I guess maybe also one thing I might add is a couple of them were running, uh, like they're a heavy barrel Magnum, but they were sort of maybe magazine feeding, like top loading, because they had like an internal mag or something like that. So um, it maybe wasn't always that fast to reload. Um, um, I think one might even been single feeding them because he had the rounds loaded that ro- <clears throat> long. So I guess our lucky, like Mark said, our, our match guns are all set up now for, for our sort of short action stuff, set up really well for... Um, running competitions but these magnums we're just not using them often and they may be sort of compromising because they use them for hunting too so we'll see um maybe next year we just run it all as one combined class i don't know i'm not too worried but um oh that was the other thing i forgot sorry was that non-magnums had 15 percent more rounds but that's been near the handle there isn't it uh, yeah, they had, um, and they also had one stage where their target was significantly shorter. Well, a hundred meters yeah. shorter. But Just, see, but in my mind, I'd go to having a lower round count magnum class again, with a different score max. Well, I, did, think you, make, I think it'd make it more appealing. Yeah, you did have a different max score, I think. No, for each stage. Oh, okay. Sorry. No, yeah. Um. Oh, yeah. The same. Yeah. We'll see. It's um. What was it? Sixty rounds. That ain't that bad. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Seven hundred and twenty <laughs> bucks later. <laughs> That's your own fault. I should have just paid you a thousand bucks. Uh, it's two thousand. We'll oh, discuss sorry, two, It's two thousand dollars. If you want to win, it'll cost you two thousand dollars. You don't even Fair have enough. to shoot. I'll just put you right in the top. Over. That's a that's a general thing for anybody too. Oh, excellent. actually, yours will be fifteen hundred since you're the host. No, no, leave it to. Leave it to. <laughs> so it's an easier round of number. Yeah. <laughs> but um, again, we, 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 there's a few little issues we've got to work through, but um, I still think it was, for the first running of an event, it was pretty successful. Um, GPRE, they put in a heap of effort again, um, proofing all the stages that I designed, um, helping lay out targets, um, supplying me with um, a bunch of their targets, which is pretty normal, but I mean, it's still... Um, no less helpful than every yeah. other time. Um, and then also to the point, I may have mentioned earlier, I went and bought an expensive inkjet printer so I could print our um, scorecards ourselves on uh, right in the rain paper. Um, that that, sh- um, that kicked the bucket. So, so Simon once again printed all my scorecards the night before. So um, again, without them uh, putting in the effort, um, these events wouldn't be where they are at all. Yeah. Um, again, though, yeah. So it's not just it's not just me and Mark and our volunteers. It's it's, it's GPRE and their volunteers um, putting in <clears throat> the work. And I mean, to be fair, I think, like I said, we had a big year. So um, GPRE had six events. We had four events. So that's in the sort of Central North Island. There's ten, um, you know, major events for um, both rimfire, centerfire, extended long range. I mean, sorry, one of those was an invite only. But I mean, that's more than we've ever had um i mean you know what i mean so you you take the there's never fuck all in the raw um and there's generally not a lot in um lambing and carving so through those other periods of of time that's um plenty of shoot to keep guys busy coincidentally when we're in our worst ever um availability for 
components for long range shooting so people are scrambling and making loads that they um with projectiles they never probably would have used before but but still a good year for precision shooting in the north island i think um competitively anyway um i mean and we had um, the side match too our uh, long range um, shootout so that's its own its own match on the side so um a successful year we had no major incidents which was nice we had a few minor um, safety things that we've dealt with and we've sort of um, come up with procedures and stuff to hopefully um, minimize and eliminate those things but yeah big year next year is looking to be even bigger and even busier um, a few things we haven't finalized yet so we won't talk about but long range challenge is back and when are we doing that mark that's the first weekend of march yes because um yeah seeker show have stolen our weekend for some reason they didn't ring and ask us how inconsiderate um so we won't be at the seeker show well i won't anyway because i'll be setting up for our competition the following weekend um oh and i should have mentioned before that so in two and a half weeks just over two and a half weeks we have uh first event of 2022 uh surplus steel so this is a new event and a new event style for us. Um, we actually talked about doing this back a couple of years ago, um, and then COVID turned up and put us all into lockdown. So this is a whatever. <laughs> <laughs> the old blame COVID. Well, it's like the actual one time you can blame COVID for something, isn't it? it all is, right, fair enough. We'll take that one. Yeah, it's not like when you deal with the council and they're like, oh, "We're so sorry." It's because of COVID. Anyway, um, there's something else. But um, so this event's going here on the twenty third. Uh, third weekend of um second 22nd so saturday one day event and it's it's a sort of a, a field rifle style event so it, it can draw some similarities to our um our normal events i guess but instead of precision rifles or hunting rifles this is using um issued infantry rifles right so um you know 303s mausers um k31s whatever so essentially cartridge centerfire cartridge um, service weapons um, obviously they had to follow new zealand laws so no automatics or no pistols or anything like that which i mean if it was legal we would do a competition for it but it's not um, we have a infantry class which has so as issue bolt action rifles so no sort of po- um, modified sights or anything you know that makes it more accurate it's as issued and then we have a marksman slash dmr class um, which i don't think we have too many entries in it um just because the guns are harder to get so that's for um as issued dmr or sniper firearms so um essentially anything with optics on it pretty much falls into that and the cutoff for that's pretty much like the mid 1980s so once we've gone to the uh, sort of accuracy international that's um that's too flash it's too much like a modern precision gun um so you know your parker hales and and um and number four t's and mosin snipers and um i know there's a sweet uh sorry a swiss zfk coming for that class <clears throat> so that'll have a similar course of fire with um, some smaller targets and, and potentially some trickier shooting positions just so um they've got a major advantage having an optic um so they have slightly challenging more challenging shots now a lot of this event is not just going to be the shooting itself which is the challenge so we're not just going to set you up on a, a stage position and we go right oh mark you've got um, three targets hit each of them twice 
like it's not just going to be that sort of standard stuff um, everyone's going to have a theme and it's going to be heavily themed towards um, you know military style um, shooting so first second world war style so we're building a couple bunkers we're cutting a trench um, we've made dummy grenades again they're dummy they're just hunks of steel that you'll throw out sort of through a sort of a, a window frame um, you'll be dragging a fake uh, machine gun that we've built again it's just a piece of steel doesn't shoot anything uh, you'll be dragging that through some sh shit before you shoot um, you'll be there's a uh, one stage where you'll be shooting out of a hide if you know what a hide is um, you will be bayonetting um, some uh, sort of sacks full of straw like the sort of our ancestors would have done before they went overseas before they had to bayonet real people um, and that, that's all worked into the stages right so it's not necessarily like i said you're not just shooting steel targets there's there's a few other things you have to do in between um to sort of make it fun and make it um well i mean which who doesn't want to play army right none of us well very few of us are actual um army soldiers or have served so um but we'll, we'll bring out these old firearms that our ancestors used and i mean as long as they're still safe to shoot um have some fun with it and this is Mark's first time as match director. So the pressure's on, Mark. Well, it's a piece of cake. I've been running quiz shows and fishing competitions over the summer. so that, just... that is correct. You've been like the hero of Tonga Purudu lately, haven't you? No, no. no. Just, just helping out. Just helping out. There's pictures of you online giving awards. Um, but so I will be competing. Simon will be competing. So Mark will be taking the reins. Um, obviously, we'll be there to help still. So Mark will be doing the safety briefing and prize giving. I mean, he, he helps with a lot of that anyway, but um, it's his time to shine. And then coming into the new year when there's sort of our some of our um, our big precision centre of our <coughs> centre fire events, um, no doubt he'll be a bit more involved in the match directing. Yes. Some of those. Um, the question on everyone's mind is what military uniform will I be wearing? I'm really worried about this. Um Quite... Many people are. Oh, yeah, yes. <laughs> I thought maybe a Roman centurion. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. I yeah. sent you, there was a long range desert group uniform. Like, I sent like you. the Gypsy King. Yeah. Okay. I think he's a bit taller than you. Yeah, true. By about five feet. Three but... times my height, maybe. <laughs> but yeah, so that's, um, that's coming up very soon. It is currently full. Um, we don't have a particularly long waiting list, though, so. If you are listening to this and you want to come along and you have a suitable firearm, um, get in touch. And generally, if you're on waiting lists, apart from a few exa um, uh, examples, you will eventually get a spot. People inevitably pull out in the lead up. Um, and we are actually, I got in trouble on Facebook for this. Uh, we are giving away a firearm um, at this event. Now, being that our podcast, we have our own rules, so we can talk about what we want. Um, we are not going to get hopefully taken offline for this but uh again we don't often run sponsors believe it or not that could change this year but we are running a giveaway so nz milserps have um are sponsoring this event they import um all sorts of nice surplus firearms and accessories and pistols and whatever you want from overseas so they're giving away an ig11 which is a um a swiss Sort of, you know, sort of very precise surplus rifle. They're very, very accurate. 
In fact, I am going to take it out and shoot it this afternoon. I have it here, so a video may or may not appear online that we haven't got it used. It's it's keep, sur- it's surplus. Keep it pristine. It's surplus rifle, ah. <laughs> and I bought I bought a several hundred dollars worth of ammunition, so I'm not giving that away. Um, these things are lovely, you know. So this, this is surprises worth um, a couple thousand dollars. So a very nice prize to win. It will not be given to first place. It will be drawn as a spot prize. Uh, which includes the volunteer team too. So just in case people get angry about stuff like that, but if people are going to volunteer to spend all day in the sun, they are going to go in the draw for prizes because, um, as long as they have a license. Uh, because, you know, I, I, it's just what's happening. Um, all right. I believe Jeff from the Gun Rack, our friend Jeff, who is um, currently in Taranaki, he is going to sponsor a prize of some description for the best, um, maybe not the best, but uh, for a... People who come along in some form of uniform or costume that's that's not offensive. Um, there is going to be some form of prize for that, whether it's drawn or um, the matched up vote on it. Um, I don't know. But there's looks like there's going to be a prize for that too. Um, yeah. Other than that, that's probably us. We'll probably talk about Long Range Challenge in the next episode. We've got a bit of changes coming up for that. Yeah, and in, I think our first ever listener questions episode as well is coming up. Have we got enough questions? Uh, I think our five listeners will supply us with questions. Yeah. So if if you don't send us through so questions, please, please we're going to make up questions and put your name next to them. <laughs> I was going to do that anyway. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, Mark, you're so tall. How tall are you? <laughs> What's with your fabulous head of hair? Yeah. Why, why do you keep why, why do you keep letting Anthony beat you, Mark? Because mm, he pays me to do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that how you got those accolades? Anyway, yeah. um, I think that about wraps up episode thirty-two, our first episode of uh, the year of the twenty-two. Thank you for sticking with us. I think we actually got through most of the year uh, without really not doing it for several months, like we did when we first started. So. And if you don't have a new 22 by 22-2-22, there's something wrong with you. Well, I tell you, Leon reckons he bought a new 22, and we've been trying to get him to get one for years. So, there you go. Um, I think, did we do an episode twice a month all year, maybe? We might have. Could have. Mm, could have, would have, should have. Anyway, thank you for listening, and um, we'll talk to you all again in a couple of weeks. Like Mark said, get some questions in in the next few months. We'll do a question one. Uh, we're gonna. I'm gonna finally drag Simon onto a podcast um, soon. Hopefully, um, this may be news to him. Um, but yeah, it's uh, we'll get DQ'd. We'll get DQ'd. Yeah, but we'll um, again. This this next year is going to be big for um, us. So keep an eye online um, for some upcoming information. Hopefully, in the next couple of weeks, about some of the stuff we're going to do. Um, a few new things coming up. Um, but yeah, um, hope you and your family all have a, um, a good Christmas break, what's left of it. And, um, yeah, um, enjoy going back to work in the next and put those, put those tiny sixes and 6.5s back in the safe and Get work on those magnums. Get on those magnums, there you go. <laughs> cool. All right, everyone. Um, bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>